The reading is Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. If uh, we haven't met, my name is Richard. I'm one of the ministers here. And uh, we're going to think for a little while about those uh, verses from Philippians, which Sylvia just read for us. Uh, Shall we pray together as we come to them? Our Father, we've just uh, heard those words. The strength to follow your commands could never come from me, could never come from us. But we thank you that we aren't alone, that your Holy Spirit is with us, And we trust will teach us and speak to us in his word. And so, Father, please would you move us, uh, shape us uh, in the likeness of Christ. Please would you be at work in us that we would will and work for your good pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, I wonder, as you uh, hear those words, as uh, they're read, as Sarah speaks about them, uh, do you think this was a good morning to choose to come to church, or a good morning to choose to turn on YouTube, or was that not maybe what you were hoping for? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Uh, For myself, they're words I haven't been able to escape for the last few days. Uh, We have uh, some uh, young kids at home and some CDs with different memory verses on them set to music, and uh, one of them is this. And we knew this was going to be church this morning, and so to help our kids, we've been playing it on loop, and I can't get out of my head. Do, 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 do everything. Do, 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 do everything. Do, 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 do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do, 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 and on and on it goes, which in one hand is very annoying. Uh, It's also quite revealing, because in those moments, you know, in the, the supermarket queue or with the dishwasher or whatever it might be, when I'm tempted to grumble or argue, do, 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 oh yes, oh yes. I found these words to be searching 
words. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. And so we're clear what Paul is talking about. He is particularly talking about grumbling and arguing with, against, about other people. Uh, so grumbling and arguing, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. They're in church life when we sense an us and a them. Whatever might be the issue, that means there's, a, there's an us and a them. But the two ways that we could respond to that are two sides of the same coin. I kind of depend on your temperament. You might be the sort of person who, and we sort of got some sense of this with the clapping, you might be the kind of person who, when there's a them, you get up very close and you argue. You might be the kind of person, by temperament, who withdraws and grumbles, has the argument in your own head where you can't lose, or, you know, with one or two other people, grumbles about them. Arguing with them, grumbling about them, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. And Paul says, no, do everything without grumbling or complaining. And it seems to me, especially this year, in all kinds of ways, we feel us and them. That this year has separated us in all kinds of ways. Let me just uh, quickly name five ways. And as I do, is there one of these for you that's particularly big, that you feel this division, that you feel on one side or the other of this very strongly? And if there is, how have you thought about, how have you spoken with, how have you related to the them on the other side? And so for this year, some of us have felt that we have nothing to do because of furlough, because we've been living by ourselves. Others of us, just far too much to do this year, with new work patterns, new family patterns. To take another one, uh, some of us think the government has been far too severe in the restrictions they've laid upon us. Others of us think they haven't gone far enough. As a church family, we have people of different uh, skin colours. We maybe feel that more heightenedly this year after George Floyd and his death and the conversation that followed. Just physically, uh, on a Sunday, there are divisions between us. Some of us are in the building. Some of us are at home. A potential there for an us and a them. Or across uh, the day, uh, students and those of us who aren't students. So uh, most won't know, when we sent the survey out about a month ago, reopening the services, what would you like to come to? Most of the students wanted to come to the morning services. So this one, they weren't necessarily all up by nine, but uh, wanted to come to this one. And we wanted to make sure there'd be space for families and for children to be in their groups. And so we asked the students, please would you come at six? And graciously, kindly, they've, they've done that. So they'll be here this evening. A few of them are out the back now looking after children. And again, that gives the potential there is an us and a them, especially at a time when students, Manchester students, are prominently in the news. In all kinds of ways. And there'll be others as well. You know, Paul didn't write this letter this year. It's been relevant throughout church history. All kinds of ways we can have us and them. Now, I want to be clear. Uh, he's not saying we never disagree. He's not saying we never confront there might be a time to gently, prayerfully, cautiously point out where someone is going wrong. But those words, gently, prayerfully, cautiously, we, we know the difference. We know the difference between arguing with someone and coming to them for their good and saying, sister, brother, can we talk? 
we know the difference between grumbling about someone and praying to the Lord that he would grant them repentance. Wherever you feel the division at the moment, part of an us against a them, would you be able to say you have done everything without grumbling or arguing? I wouldn't. I guess few of us would. And so the good news for us here is that Paul doesn't simply tell us do everything without grumbling or arguing, but he helps us. And in these verses that were read for us, there are three reasons, three motivations, three visions to help us do everything without grumbling or arguing. We're going to look at the the three and ten. The first is do everything without grumbling or arguing because God is working. Because God is working. Let me read again verse 12. In verse 12, just listen out for the different emotions that are there as Paul writes. Verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do you hear there? The, the, the mixture of affection and warning. The affection, my dear friends, you have always obeyed. And as I stand here this morning, I have been hugely encouraged this year the way the Lord has answered many of our prayers that he would keep us united. I know there have been flare-ups. I know there have been points where we've got it wrong. Some of them I know about, some of them I'm sure I don't. But by and large, the Lord has kept us together and helped us to love each other and be patient with each other and forgive each other where we need to. My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That phrase, work out your salvation, is very similar to, in chapter 1 we heard, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. The gospel has come, God's good news about Jesus has come, we've been saved, and now, Paul says, live that out. Live in a way that's worthy of it. Work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Why fear and trembling? Uh, on Sunday, uh, last week, I was ordained. There's a picture. It's uh, awkward when you turn up and you're wearing the same outfit as your boss, but uh, there it is. And uh, at the ordination service, uh, the bishop will speak to those who are about to be ordained and uh, will say this. This is slightly different wording. We use slightly more modernized language, but this is the traditional service saying to those who are being ordained, have always therefore printed in your, in your memory how great a treasure is committed to your charge. It's talking about the church. For they, we, are the sheep of Christ, which he bought with his death and for whom he shed his blood. The church and congregation whom you must serve is his spouse and his body. And if it shall happen, the same church or any member thereof take any hurt or hindrance by reason of your negligence, you know the greatness of the fault and also the horrible punishment that will ensue. Those are words written literally to put the fear of God into the church's ministers. And it's a particular charge for those of us who would stand up at the front and do things like this, but for all of us, Paul would say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fight against grumbling and arguing with fear and trembling. Because it is no small thing to walk into a church building 
or online on Zoom to join a small group and decide, how am I going to speak to these people? These people who are Christ's body and blood and sheep for whom he died. Grumbling and arguing is no small thing against that group. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But for all that there is fear and trembling, that isn't the reason to work at this, to fight against grumbling and arguing. Do you see in verse 13, if you've got it at the beginning of that verse, the for, the because. Here's the reason. Because it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing because God is working in us. Uh, I was listening to someone this week, and this was a helpful picture. I've uh, stolen it. And uh, they were talking about the Christian life being like a, a fire. And you know what it's like if you have a fire that's, sort of, that's dying down, and the logs or the coals, they're still there. There's still heat in them, but the flames have died down. And what do you do? You, you get out the bellows, and you, you blow air back into it, and you get out the, the stick, and you poke, and you uh, kind of bring life back into the fire. Now, if there were no fire there at all... That'd be a waste of time. You don't get a pile of logs or a pile of coals and you know, just blow on them or you know, poke them with a stick until a fire starts. Nothing's ever going to happen. And if we were just talking about human effort, just the group of us, let's try harder to not grumble and not argue and get along and be kind, that'd be a waste of time. That'd be just like poking sticks. But God is at work in us that we would will, that we would work according to his good pleasure. He's at work in us. There's a, there's a spark already. There's a heat. There's a fire. And so, Paul says, get out the stick, get out the bellows, work at it, work at it, work at it. Because God is at work already. Do everything without grumbling and arguing because God is working. That's the first reason, the first help. The second is this. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, because then we will shine. Let me read again from verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, Because the world is dark, the world needs to see the light of Christ, and the way that shines from a church is when we live like this, without grumbling, without arguing. Uh, Some of you may have seen uh, last week, a week before last, uh, Nadim Laparous was interviewed here and streamed it on YouTube, and it's still up on our channel if you want to watch it. It was a moving, but a powerful story he told. And he was someone who had never had any interest in God, the way he uh, describes it. But after his teenage daughter died, tragically, suddenly, uh, all kinds of questions, and over the course of a couple of years, he became a Christian. And he was asked in this interview, uh, what was it that moved you from disbelief to being baptised? And he said, we went to Natasha's church. Natasha was his daughter. She'd been a Christian. And after his death, after her death, uh, they went to her church. And I hadn't set foot in a church really all my life. 
And it was, I was surrounded by hundreds of people who I'd never met before. I didn't know them, and they didn't know anything about me. And they had an incredible love and compassion for us all and for me. And I found it so incredible. What had I ever done for them to deserve that from them? And they were asking nothing of me in return. And I found that human experience so overwhelming that it actually brought me to my knees. All I'd largely experienced for the last 25 years of my business life was the dark side of people. People always trying to get one over you or abuse you or beat you up in business. Nadim's experience is exactly what Paul is describing here. It is a, a warped and crooked generation. The world is dark. It was Nadim's experience of the business world, but he came to a church and something shone. Something of the love and compassion of the people there. And what is this? And it brought him to Christ. If you're here and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, or if you're online with us and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I wonder whether you've, you've been around a church long enough to work out for yourself, is Nadim's experience, is what Paul describes here, true? And now this church, we are far from perfect at this, we've far from reached this. I imagine Nadim is now a member of that church, I imagine he'd say the same about that church, that there's a way still to go. But if you've never sort of been part of a church close enough to, to rub up against people and to, to smell what it's like, to see what it's like, would you think about it? It's hard at the moment. There's all kinds of things we can't do together. There is a chance tomorrow night, uh, a newcomer's welcome thing. You can come along to that on Zoom and say hello to some people, ask how do I get to know some other people. But it should be, we're not perfect, it should be that a church feels different, that there's something of love and, and a, a putting away grumbling and arguing. And for us as a church, for all the ways that's difficult at the moment, that we're distant from one another, that communication is harder, can we keep working? God is at work in us. Can we keep working that we might shine even when it's hard? Do everything without grumbling and arguing because God is working uh, because then we'll shine, and uh, because it will be worth it. Because it will be worth it. Let me just read uh, verse 16. Paul says, And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I didn't labor or run in vain. Paul says, I'm working hard for you. I'm running, I'm laboring, and it will all be worth it. Not in vain. If you love each other. If you don't grumble and argue. That's enough to make all of it worth it. And on the day of Christ, that is what he's talking about, especially in verse 16, I'll boast on the day of Christ that it wasn't in vain. On the day when Jesus comes to ask how we've treated his church, his body, his bride, his sheep, it will be worth it to have loved them, to have forgiven, to have put aside grumbling and arguing. Because God is working, because then we'll shine, because it will be worth it, Paul would urge us to do everything without grumbling or arguing. They are searching words I've found. I imagine it's not just me. I'm going to give us a minute now in uh, quiet. We put up uh, These are uh, some words from Psalm 139, a prayer that the Lord would help us to know ourselves better and uh, lead us in his ways.
You might want to pray these words. You might want to pray something else, reflect on something else. Uh, but a minute in quiet to think, uh, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me in his word about grumbling, about arguing? We'll have a minute and then we'll hear our next song. <laughs>